0: Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and help them become devoted followers of Jesus. Have you ever had unmet expectations? Of course you have. Uh, That is what we're talking about today as we view the account of Palm Sunday. Jesus rides into Jerusalem with a lot of fanfare. And, uh, he does not do what anyone expects. And today we want to talk about our expectations of God and ourselves and how we can bring our expectations into alignment with what is true and right. So I hope this message is helpful and uh, we look forward to connecting with you following this podcast.
1: Good morning, everybody. Great to see you. Welcome. Today is, as you've already might have guessed, Palm Sunday. Uh, Palm Sunday occurs one week before Easter. And uh, Palm Sunday is, as you've already heard, the day in which we remember what's called the triumphal entry of Jesus. When Jesus rides on a donkey into Jerusalem, the, essentially the capital city of Israel, where the temple was, where you know the seat of power was. And Jesus comes riding into a donkey with a lot of fanfare. People are shouting, people are cheering. This is exciting. Obviously, Jesus is coming. Uh, to put it simply, expectations for the people cheering were at an all-time hi and that is to me one of the themes of palm sunday is the theme of expectations specifically we're going to talk today about expectation versus reality and i want to talk for just a moment about unmet expectation unmet expectation how many of you here in this room watching online how many of you have experienced unmet expectation in the last month let's see a show of hands Okay, almost every hand's gone up. I'm willing to bet that most of you, if you're anything like me, have experienced unmet expectations in the last day. Because as we go through life, we have these expectations, and we're going to talk about what they are in just a minute, but we have these expectations of of, of what's going to take place. And let me give you a simple definition. An expectation is simply this, how we think things will go. And God has created you and me in such a way that uh, we are constantly predicting the future. We we look at the past, we we gather information constantly about our situation, and we try to predict what's coming so we can prepare for it. Who likes to be prepared for the future? I do. (laughs) Right? Some people are like, oh, I just take life as it comes. Okay, you're weird. Most of us at some level want to know what's coming. We want to be prepared for it. And so we're constantly predicting the future. We're constantly building within ourselves expectations about what is to come. And of course, Palm Sunday is all about unmet expectation because the people are cheering for Jesus. They expect him to do one thing, and then he's going to do something altogether different. Now, we all have expectations. As I said, we have expectations about ourselves, about what we will do and where things will go for us. We have expectations about our family. We have expect- If you're married, oh my... You have expectations about what your spouse will do for you. If you have kids, ho, 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 we have expectations. We don't even know we have expectations. We have all these expectations for what our kids will do and not do specifically. You know, and we get all stressed out when things don't go the way we expect. So we have all these expectations, but we also have expectations of God. And this is where things get interesting because we, through whatever means, are trying to determine who God is and how he works and what he does and what he's promised. And we're trying to predict what he's going to do in the future, and we often get it wrong. Are you with me? We have expectations of God and what He will do. Um, expectations are a weird thing because expectations are often unspoken. I mean, we have expectations about everything in our life, but we often don't say what they are. We may not even recognize what they are until they go unmet. And when they go unmet, we are disappointed, frustrated. Sometimes we get bitter. Are you with me? So we have all these expectations of, of people and we have expectations of God. And over the years, I've honestly had to talk to a lot of people who walked away from God or walked away from church because God did not do what they expected him to do. They were like, I prayed. And I was like, God, you need to fix this situation. And he didn't. Therefore, he does not exist. Therefore, he doesn't love me. God, I prayed that he would, you know, my kid is a mess. And I prayed that God would bring him home today. And it didn't happen the way I thought. I'm not talking to anybody, and this is real, okay? We're talking about expectations versus real life, and there are many times when we just expect God to do it our way and our time, and when he doesn't, it's like, oh, man, we were hit with reality. Uh, so, again, with expectation, I got this little image here. When you go to a drive-thru, you see this on the menu. This is what I expect, and when I open the bag, this is what I get. Am I, <laughs> I'm not the only person who's experienced this. This is a, this is a, you know, a disappointment, Okay? Because they had an artist build this, and they had a 16-year-old with a hangover do that, okay? Um, Let's let's move on. Okay, you want to take a family picture. This is what you're expecting to see on your Christmas card, and of course, this is what you get. It's it's out of exposure. The dog won't sit still. So we have what we expect, and then we have real life. You guys with me, okay? When I was a kid and I thought about the year 2020, I was convinced at the time when I was a little kid that there would be flying cars. You know, there would be Jetsons. I never thought we'd be locked in our houses fighting over toilet paper. (laughs) And let's be honest, the last year did not go like any of us expected, right? Like we had our plans and we were, you know, planning a vacation or planning to do this or that, and then all of a sudden our whole world got thrown into upheaval with a a pandemic. So we have our expectations and then we have reality. So what I want to talk about today is unmet expectation. What do we do? With those expectations. Because here's the bottom line. We carry all of these expectations that we build within ourselves. We carry them into all of our relationships. We carry them into our marriages. We carry them into our friendships. When, when we kind of have a family meeting with our parents or our siblings. We carry expectations with us. When we pray and we talk to God. And we ask him for things. We have all of these expectations that have never been acknowledged. Never been spoken. And we may not even know we have them. But we carry them. And they impact every relationship we're in. They do. So what I want to do is I want to look at the scene. Palm Sunday, Jesus is riding into Jerusalem. Uh, We have Matthew's account today we're going to look at. And Matthew is one of Jesus' disciples. He was there that day. He saw the whole thing, and he writes down a few words about it. So I want to take a look at them together. Matthew writes these words. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. In another gospel account, we find out what this means. Jesus said to his disciples, hey, I want you to go into town, and you're going to find a donkey, and there's a colt, a young donkey that's never been ridden. And just untie them and bring them to me. <laughs> Whoa, Jesus, that's stealing, right? Like, not our donkey. He's like, just untie them and take them. And if someone stops you and asks, just say, the master needs them. And it'll be fine. So that's weird. But everything plays out exactly as Jesus says. They, they Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, the master needs your donkeys. And the guy's like, fair enough, take them. So they bring the donkeys to Jesus and the colt. And they, and they put on the donkey and the colt, their cloaks, and he sat on them. So the way I envision this happening is they have this donkey with a young colt. And Jesus is sitting on the young colt that nobody's ever ridden. And this is fulfilling prophecy about Jesus. And, and, and the young colt is probably following the mother as they lead these two donkeys and Jesus into the city. So, okay, you guys with me? That's what's happening. Jesus is riding into Jerusalem. It says, most of the crowd spread their cloaks. So in those days, you know, it was hot, arid. They would have like undergarments and then they would have like an overcoat. And it would often, you know, have their, you know, all kinds of information about them, their clothes. And they would take off their outer garments and they're throwing them on the road. For the donkey and Jesus, and everyone's kind of coming down. So this is a big deal. And others, it said, cut branches from trees. These would be palm branches, which is where we get the idea of Palm Sunday, right? It's Israel. So they cut down palm branches. Uh, One account says they're waving them in the air like they just don't care. I paraphrase that. So they're just waving their palm branches so excited. Others were throwing the palm branches on the road, creating like a carpet for Jesus as he enters into the city. It's kind of a big deal. And they spread them out on the road. Next verse. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, okay, so you got all these people shouting, it's a big scene, Hosanna, or Hoshanna, to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. We sang that this morning, and I want to ask you a question, who here knows what the word Hosanna means? Anybody want to venture a guess and bravely shout it out for me? The The Lord saves, Yeah. Now I want to back up for just a second because many people, when they hear the word Hosanna, like you heard this morning, Jason, we use this word Hosanna as a word of praise. Hosanna! It's like praise be to God. That's how we use the word when we sing songs. That's how we've used it. I think there's even like some of you, when you hear the word Hosanna, you're thinking of Ron Canoli for some reason because you grew up in church. And anyway, so you got this idea of what Hosanna means. But this word and this whole section, all the things they're shouting, they're actually quoting the psalmist in Psalm 118, verse 25. Here's what the psalmist says. Psalm 118. Save us, we pray. This is the word, the Hebrew word, Hosanna. Save us. And and it's an urgent word. It's like, save us now. Like, we need you now, God. Save us. That's what Hosanna means. Save us. Hosanna, we pray. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, we pray. Give us success. And the next verse says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The psalmist, hundreds and hundreds of years prior, is writing about how there's coming a day when the God of heaven would come to save us. And the people cry, save us, Lord. And he who comes in the name of the Lord will show up and he is blessed. He's talking about the Messiah. So this is important. As the people are shouting, Hosanna, in the streets, as Jesus is coming towards Jerusalem, okay, they are declaring he's the Messiah. He's the one the psalmist talked about. He's the one the prophet said was coming. You see how this is a big deal? And I want you to, they're singing Hosanna, and we're thinking like, going up to the high places. You know, we're thinking like Hosanna, integrity, something like that. But when they were shouting Hosanna, here's what people heard. Save us now. Think about it. crowd of people. Comes a guy on a donkey, and they're like, save us now. Save us now. You ever been to a sports event where everyone's chanting? Can we try it? save us now save us now it's building save us now save us it's getting weird okay so they're coming into the city and they're just literally shouting save us now save us now can you imagine with me what the roman centurion at the guard at the gate of the city guarding the city would have thought seeing this crowd coming and they're chanting save us now and there's a guy on a donkey and it's like i better report this to my boss something's about to go down right Can you imagine what the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin council, they had worked so hard to position themselves in good favor with Rome and good favor with the people so they could have power and influence and control things. And all of a sudden, here comes this guy named Jesus and the crowd are like, he's the one save us, save us, save us. It shouldn't be a surprise to any of us that in the coming days, he'd be arrested and they would want him dead, and they would eventually have him crucified on a cross. Because all the people were claiming him to be this Messiah, and they were saying, save us now. They were asking God to save them through Jesus. This is, this is incredible. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever cried out to God, Hosanna? Have you ever said, God, save me now? Have you ever, in the quiet of your own room, when no one is around, said, God, my kid is just running off the rails? save us now have you ever been in a place where you're hit rock bottom with a struggle against addiction and said god save me now Have, have you ever been there have you ever gotten into a financial mess and you're just like god i need you to fix this my business is going under this is a place of desperation where we cry out to god and say hosanna save us now and that's what the people were doing save us from rome save us from rome and it says this in the next verse in verse 10 it says, and when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up. It's a big city. Saying, who is this? That's a great thing. Questions are a great way to reveal our expectations. So I'm just going to give you that clue right now. The more questions we ask, the more clear our expectations become. Okay? Who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. They begin to ask questions. Questions reveal expectations. One of the things I get to do as a pastor, which is... A lot of fun most of the time is to officiate weddings or as a pastor i get to sit with with young couples old couples people of all different uh, you know stages of life and walk them through the process of joining their lives together in holy matrimony right and one of the things that we do in preparation for the big day is uh, we do something called an expectation survey okay and essentially all it is is a giant list of questions and these are questions about your upcoming marriage and your relationship and these questions are intended to reveal expectations whether you're married or not you can probably understand the fact that when two people get married they have very different expectations right because they have different backgrounds they have different histories they grew up with different rules they have a different view of the way their future is going to play out and so as these people they're just like oh pastor i'm just so in love and we're just like we're just like the same person we just love each other And i'm like okay hang on a second let's pull out these 80 questions and start walking through them. It's like, how many kids do you want to have? And one person's like, oh, maybe one. And the other's like, I wanted 12. And It gets silent in the office. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, it's okay. We'll figure it out later. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Those are some pretty significant, you know, where are you going to spend Christmas this year once you're married, right? Whose family gets priority, right? Who's going to take care of the bills? Who, who, how do you expect money to be used? One's a saver. One's a spender. You've got to talk about these things because one's got these expectations of marriage is going to be like this. And the other one's got their expectations of marriage is going to be like this. It's like, hang on. We're going to do all this work to survey and those expectations and try as best we can to bring them in alignment. And no matter how much work we do, people inevitably get married. And they're surprised when it's not what they expect. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like just silently nodding. You don't want to say amen or anything sitting beside your loved one. I get it. So even when we try to align our expectations, we discover there's hidden expectations that just keep driving us apart. And it's a constant battle, right? Um, So we we, want to ask the right questions so that we can understand what our expectations are. Uh, The bottom line is is this. Jesus did not live up to their expectations. As Brian said at the close of worship, the people expected Jesus to come and deal with Rome. Rome was their biggest problem, or so they thought. They wanted Jesus to deal with Rome, but Jesus ends up dying on a cross. And everyone who loved him, his disciples, the women who supported him and who were a huge part of his ministry, uh, even uh, the crowds that gathered to see his miracles that were cheering for him on his way into the city, like they're all thinking, I guess he wasn't the guy. I guess he wasn't what we thought he was. I guess, he, I guess he did not have the power to save us. And they expected this, his little image, they expected Jesus to come like this, you know, with a golden crown and a scepter in power, and instead they got a suffering servant with a crown of thorns who dies and gets put in a tomb. I don't know about you, but that would shake my expectation of, of, of God and Jesus if I were there. I don't know about you. Of course, we know the end of the story. He rises again, and he asserts his, his authority and power on the world and starts the church and all this stuff. But, but they didn't know that. So all they knew is this is what they thought Jesus would do. This is what they were expecting from God, and this is what they got. And they were disappointed and disillusioned. Have you ever expected God to do something for you in your life, for you, for your family, and it doesn't go anything like you expect? And your faith is shaken. Anybody? Yeah. I know, I know that all of us have been there and all of us have experienced. This is exactly what was going on. And unmet expectation, unmet expectation leads to disappointment and frustration. It always leads to disappointment and frustration. If we're not careful, it will lead us to bitterness and resentment and anger as well. Why? Because um, we thought something was going to go a certain way. And when it doesn't, we question everything. Speaking of unmet expectation leading to disappointment Um, many years ago when my wife and i we have four kids that three of them are teenagers now uh but when they were young like little four little ones about 10 years ago my wife jessica she was such a trooper she was at home with them homeschooling them she would you know run errands and get groceries with them and some of you know how hard that is with four young kids and uh, so for her, even the smallest errand was a huge, huge difficult thing to do. So it was like, you know the deal. You like put all four kids into the v- minivan, climbing overseas, trying to buckle them into those five-point harnesses, digging around through the Timbits and goldfish crackers, trying to find those buckles. And you get them so snapped in. And it's like a 20-minute process. You got to bring sippy cups and all that stuff. And then you're, you're going to the store... Once you get there, the whole thing goes in reverse, and you take them all out, and you put them in the carts, and they're all holding hands, and you walk in just to buy some glue sticks. So so this is the setup for when my wife Jessica and I would, on occasion, get a date night. We would enter into date night with very different expectations of how things were going to go. Let me start with her expectation. She's thinking, I've been stuck in this house with these kids. I have all these errands that I can't run with them, and tonight... We have three or four hours of free time, and I have a helper. I have this tall, handsome Frenchman who is going to be my chauffeur, and he's going to drive me from store to store to the mall. We're going to do all these errands that I can't do with the kids, and it's going to be wonderful. Now, of course, I'm thinking something very different. I've been at work, I've been with people all day, working late. I'm coming home, and I'm thinking we're going to sit at a candlelight dinner, stare into each other's eyes. Afterwards, I'll ask her if she wants to go to Armour Hill. Um, she'll say, no, she always does. It's fun. It's this little thing we do. Right. And so I got this vision. Like she's thinking like help her husband and I'm thinking hot date. Like I, we're just, we're in different strat And this went on for years. Every time we had a date night, it was disappointing. And so you get the idea because we had different expectations. It, it led ultimately to disappointment. And what I want to do is I want to just give you, uh, I want to give you three simple things that can help you you know i've heard people say often you know i don't know why i'm talking about marriage a lot i guess i'm doing three weddings this summer so got a bunch of weddings come up i'm thinking about it but um you know people say the number one cause for divorce is money that's what they say money i actually think the number one cause of divorce or any relationship breaking down is unmet expectation about money, about friends, about kids, about sex, about everything, right? So it's unmet expectation, I think, that tears the walls of relationship down more than anything else. And so I want to give you sort of a simple sort of process you can walk through. I'm calling it the AAA strategy, AAA. You guys, we have CAA in Canada. If you go to the States, it's AAA. So I use AAA because I have three words that all start with A, and it will give you a boost in your relationship. See how I did that? Tied that in together. Number one, acknowledge your expectation. This is something we don't do well. We don't acknowledge our expectation. We don't acknowledge to one another, and we don't even acknowledge it to God, which is funny because God already knows what our expectations are. He knows our heart. He sees it all. And yet how often do we actually open our mouths in prayer and say, God, I was expecting you to do this for me, and I'm disappointed. You can say that to God? Yes, you can. He's got big shoulders. He can handle it. He knows you're thinking it. (laughs) You might as well say it. But acknowledging your expectations. There have been times when I've turned to my wife and I said, Jessica, I expected this of you. And she's like, thanks for telling me. And then usually she's going to tell me what she expected from me. But that's the second point, so we won't get there yet. It's this idea of acknowledging our expectations, saying, hey, this did not go the way I thought. That's the first step. And you know, some people think, well, I can't acknowledge that I have doubts about God, about his faithfulness, about what I can't say those things. But you know, I was thinking this week about how, you know, anybody heard of John the Baptist, right? It's kind of important. John the Baptist is by the Jordan River. This guy has got some nerve. He's wearing camel skin. He's eating bugs, and he's preaching up a storm in the river. He's like, you sinners, get down here and be baptized for the repentance of your sins. And then one day, he's just standing in the water, just going at it in his camel skin. And Jesus comes walking over the hill. And John is so confident. He's like, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Not like, hey, I think that guy could be important. It's like, I know who you are. And he says, I can't baptize you, Jesus. You should baptize me. I, I'm not even worthy to untie your sandals. And, and so he baptizes Jesus at Jesus' request. And then many of John's disciples actually follow Jesus. And it's like, my job is done. Like, I have, I have pointed the way to the Messiah not long after John is arrested and put into prison. And this actually gives me some hope and some courage. To acknowledge my own doubts and fears. Because John, while he's in prison, he's hearing about what Jesus is teaching. And he's hearing about the things that Jesus is doing. And he begins to wonder, did I get it right? Have you ever been so confident? Oh yeah, oh man, I just believe in God. And then like a year later, you're like, maybe I got this wrong. And John began to doubt. He's like, he ends up sending one of his disciples to Jesus to say, are you actually the guy? So the same John that was like, you're the son of God. is like, did I get this wrong? Why? Because even, even John didn't know quite what to expect from Jesus. So cut yourself some slack. If you're, if you're wrestling with doubt or fear, or if you feel as though God has not met your expectation, you're not alone. You're not alone. But we've got to acknowledge it. We've got to say, hey, th- I've got to own this. Like I actually acknowledge that I have this expectation. Here's the second thing we want to do. Okay. This should come as no surprise. Assess your expectation. So once you know what your expectation is, then you have to ask the question, is this the right expectation? Is is this the right thing that I'm expecting? Is this reasonable? Is this based on truth? Like I have these expectations of God, but where did they come from? Well, I read a bumper sticker i saw this funny meme on facebook and i thought that's got to be true and that's like that's what you're basing your expectation on so you have to ask yourself what is this even based on this is the opportunity where we get feedback on our expectations i said earlier that i would ask i'd say to my wife well hey i expected this from you and she'd turn and be like well i expected this from you and be like oh snap i didn't think about that and and you get feedback and there have been many times in my life where i have literally said to god god i expected this from you and i didn't get it and this doesn't make sense and where are you and then God would speak something to my soul and be like, here's what I asked you to do. Or I am working. Or, I'm, and it's like, oh, okay. Like it just aligns and adjusts. Like it's this opportunity for feedback. And that's why, by the way, friends, that we read this book. The Bible tells us about who God is, what he has done, what he's doing, what he promises to do. And as we read it, 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 it allows us to assess our expectation and see if we can get them into alignment with what's here. But we, we don't just need the Bible. We need people in our lives, too. We need the, the children of God. We need the church. We need friends. We need small group. We need family who will call us out and be like, whoa, 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 your expectations are way off. Here's the truth. So we want to acknowledge our expectation. We want to assess it. Is it right? Is it true? Is it based on what is true? Or is it just something? And lastly, you could say align or you could say acknowledge. Sorry, align or adjust your expectation. You know, I, I said earlier um, that when we were younger and we'd go on dates, it was always bad. Over the years, I got wiser, and I learned to kind of walk through these, this triple-A approach. And so my wife would say, hey, we're going on a date night today. I say, that's awesome, honey. I'm so excited. I say, where are we going? She said, we're going for dinner. I said, where else are we going? I said, what do you mean? I'm like, is there any other errands, any other stops you're hoping to make? She's like, actually, yeah, I want to do a return at, at Winners and maybe stop by the mall and pick up a gift card for so-and-so. And I'm like, okay, all right. And then after, we're going to go for dinner? Yeah. And then Armor Hill? No. It's like, okay, good. <laughs> Expectations set. And and I've learned, like for me, I'm not a shopper, so I just get a coffee or an ice cream, get a snack, and I'm just chilling while she does her errand, and then, you know, so we're aligning our expectations, and it's amazing what happens when we walk through this process of just saying, okay, what is my expectation, is it right, and where does it need to adjust? It's so easy for us to look around and go, well, oh, my kids need to adjust, my spouse needs to adjust, God needs to adjust, because he's clearly on the wrong time schedule. Like, we look and we go, everyone else should adjust, but... When we're talking about adjusting our expectation, we're talking about, hey, what can I do to make sure that I am in alignment with what is true and right? That's what we're talking about today. I wish I had time, I don't, um, to share with you five things that we can always expect from God. You know, you can't expect that God will get you out of every mess instantly. There's nowhere in scripture that promises he'll do that. There's nowhere in Scripture that promises that, that like, as soon as you ask for something, it will instantly be there, you'll be healed, your situation will be fixed, all your problems will be gone, you'll never have difficulty. Like that's not anywhere in the Bible, but the Bible does say a lot of things that we can expect from God always. And I'll, let me just share a couple with you, and then I want to talk a little bit about what we as a church can expect over the next six months. Um, one of the things that we can always expect from God is His never-ending love. You go, oh, well, I, saw, I wanted money. Well, love is better. <laughs> Paul writes this in Romans chapter 8. He says this in uh, Romans 8:38. Let me read it to you. He says, for I am sure that neither death nor life, no matter what happens, whether you live or die, okay, nor angels or rulers, any power, nor things present or things to come, past, present, future, all of it, doesn't matter, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to what? Separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus We have his love In spite of what we experience In spite of our misunderstandings In spite of everything uh, There's a number of other things we could look at today We could look at how his peace We can have his peace regardless of what we're going through We have his presence It is always assured We can always expect that his presence is with us No matter what we experience His power is at work in us by the Holy Spirit We can always expect that no matter how things are going Good, bad, ugly His spirit, his powers at work within us, changing us, changing the situation around us. So there's all these things that God always promises that we can always expect. And sometimes what we have to do is get our eyes off all the stuff that we've expected and go, okay, what can I expect from God? And we begin to adjust and align. This this making sense to anybody here today. So what I want to do is I want to just take a few minutes today to share with you some of the things that we're expecting and hoping for in the next six months. This won't come as a surprise to anybody, but um, COVID-19 is a thing. And if you would asked me my expectation last March, a year ago, I would have said, yeah, by September we should be back to normal. That's what I thought based on what I was reading and hearing. Some of you would be like, yeah, that made sense. That's not how it happened, is it? And now, as I'm listening to, you know, the medical community and things that are being said, it sounds like with vaccines rolling out that maybe in September things at least start moving in that direction, okay? And there's no guarantee that like September everything's back to normal. So one of the difficult things we have to do as a staff and leadership team in the church is try to figure out how we can plan for the future when there are so many variables. And you're doing this for your family and your business and everything else. Your career, like everyone's trying to figure out how. So, what we're doing as a church and as an organization is we're trying to set some goals and hold them loosely. We're trying to have reasonable expectations about what is coming, uh, but also, and to take steps towards it while also uh, being willing to adjust along the way. You with me? One of the things we've been talking a lot about as a staff um, is our family ministry. Uh, For the past year, we haven't been able to meet with kids, like the little kids you know, birth through grade five. I mean, our youth group's been able to meet at times when things are, are, are going well here on a Friday night in limited capacity, but we really want to get our kids connected with our leaders and volunteers. And so we know that's going to be a process and uh, it's something that's on the top of our agenda as a church to, as soon as we're able to do so safely within guidelines and all of that stuff that we want to make sure that there's a space for kids to grow in their faith. And there's an opportunity for volunteers and kids to connect again. So I want to share with you just a little video that uh, Andrew, our family pastor, and Jessica um, is my wife. And she's our interim Pathway Kids director. She's running that department until uh, we have a new director in place in the future. And so I'm going to share this little video uh, from them just talking a little bit about their hopes for Pathway Kids over the next six months.
2: Hey, so I'm Andrew, here with Jessica, and we are in our new church building, yeah. And uh, we want to give you a little update on what's going on with Path of Kids, a little bit with you. But um, quick little background, you know, before COVID, we're meeting at Remap. There's 70, 80 volunteers rotating through uh, every other week, most of them. And, uh, you know, we have just so many kids in six different environments. It's just so, so special to see them praying, and learning about God, doing all that. And then uh, through, through the past year, it's just looked so different. We've missed you. Uh, we've missed you. We've done the, the YouTube stuff. We've done Zoom. have done different ways to connect. But this is a new season. It is. We're starting into a new chapter in Path of Kids. So, uh, yeah, do you want to tell us about, like, yeah. how you're feeling? Like, Listen, this is so exciting. you are just walking through these halls, and we, we're just dreaming of what is ahead. We cannot wait to see little faces walking these halls, coming and sitting with the leader and praying and just walking closer to Jesus. What an opportunity have! kids, you know, I'm, sitting together, bottles open. I'm blown away, and I cannot wait to, to see our kids in this environment learning and walking closer to Jesus. And just so, the smiles, the fun, uh, the moments. I, 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 I can't wait for you to see it. So we actually are pretty excited. We have some... We're hoping and praying we'll have some opportunities to connect with your children in the weeks to come. So, yeah. hopefully. Okay, so here's what's coming up. July. The, uh, yeah, should we tell them about that? July, guys. Here's good. what we're working towards. We have a tentative VBS day in place for a full week morning program. Uh, fingers crossed we can pull it off. Uh, we're, we're aiming for that. And it's just gonna be a, such an opportunity to actually be back together in person. So we're looking uh, tentatively at the second week of July, uh, and and then beyond that, we've got some other family connection opportunities that yeah. we're working towards. So yeah. more details to come on that, sure. but we are headed towards in-person stuff. We don't know the timelines of all that. We don't know um, exactly when we're going to be starting back to in-person kids Programming on a Sunday. But this space right here yeah. allows us the opportunity to do that sure. because we don't have some of the other restrictions that would... Uh, come with being in, in a school facility. stuff. Okay. So that is really exciting and I can't wait and over the coming months we will be talking to different volunteers, uh, previous volunteers, and then bringing new volunteers on board and just to see uh, who, who's on board. And we, we know that everyone's going to have their own timeline for returning to in-person stuff. There's going to be a progression. Uh, not every volunteer or family is going to come back at the same time. That's perfectly fine. That's going to be awesome. We're going to, we're going to ramp back up over time mm-hmm. and uh, and build towards it. And so that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So
0: just pray with that. If
2: that's something, if you believe in the next generation and you have a heart to see our kids walk closer to Jesus, then maybe that's you. Maybe that's an opportunity for you to step into in our puppy kids program. Yeah. yeah. And uh, honestly, uh, you should show up at this at this building yeah. for the uh, the open house because. Uh, I, I know my kids are so going to make sure they get here. They can walk around, just like wow, picture all the space. You know, it's probably not hide and seek, but that would be a ton of fun. And um, just visualize what this could be. And uh, we're just excited about what God is going to do. We're going to see kids develop a faith of their own. We're going to see kids saved in this space, yeah. uh, develop meaningful relationships, friendships. Uh, when we talk about. Teens and youth leaders, they, you know, there's so much good that's gonna happen. So, can you tell we're a little excited? We're excited. Yeah, yeah, we're there. Yeah. For so, uh, we'd love to have you join us in different ways.
1: That's great. Yeah. So. So there, there are sort of two really big things on the horizon for us. One, as, a, as you just heard, is uh, VBS in the summer, which is an opportunity to connect volunteers and kids in, a, in an in-person way and do it safely, but also when school's out, of course. And then, obviously, uh, we're hoping for in September to have some form of in-person services and hopefully, if we're allowed to, in-person gatherings for kids um that sort of leads me to the space if you haven't heard already uh, last week we closed on a property on wallace point road that will be the future home of pathway church so we're we're lots we're very excited about that there's lots of excitement in the air um i've been telling people this that we bought land and a shell because that's what we bought um the building is in a lot of a state like a significant state of disrepair there's the roof totally needs to be done there's all the flooring walls there's just lots of stuff that has to be done but there's a ton of potential and great value and so our plan right now so again let's talk about expectations and making sure that they are based in reality our expectation our hope right now is that we would have this facility ready to go in september so i mean perfect world on time under budget right and in september we open the doors and all our ministry programs start as as we're able within COVID restrictions so that that's kind of our goal however we also have to recognize that there is still a pandemic going on and so that means the material costs are higher than they normally would anyone in the trades would be like yeah lumber is like double certain materials Trades are hard to come by, permits are hard to get, everything's going slower than normal. So we recognize that, and so we have sort of taken a, 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 an approach and a strategy uh, su- such as this, that uh, we're, we're moving as quick as we can to get permits in place to do the various stages. A lot of the big work is going to be done by trades that we hire to come in and do it on a timeline. Uh, but because we're going to be waiting at various stages, we would love to, to utilize some volunteers. For for basic demo, taking garbage out, groundskeeping, painting once the you know everything's ready to be painted, finishing touches, cleaning. So there's a whole bunch of things that we can leverage volunteers to help us to move the project forward while we're waiting. So that's that's kind of how we're viewing this. And again, we would love. Our goal is to be in there in September, but we also have to acknowledge that realistically that may not be the case. And so we're going to continue to meet here until the space is ready. Uh, I sort of think that as things progress we might go over budget on a few items as we move along that's to be expected my confidence though isn't in september and it's not in the government and it's not in the vaccine it's actually i just believe that god has got this i mean all the way uh, jessica and i were over at the property the night it closed with our kids just walking around on the field and uh, I, i honestly turned to her and i said honey you remember back in the beginning of december i turned to you and i said I don't think we're ever going to find property in this market. And she's kind of laughed. she's like, yeah. And she remember, I told you God's got this. Yeah, you're right again, honey. And uh, it was just that realization that, you know, all the way along, God has had this in his control and things have been moving along and money and provision and everything has been showing up. So our confidence going forward is not in our timeline and plan. It's actually in God's faithfulness. And one way or the other, this project will get done one way or another. We're going to have an amazing space for our church and for all the ministries we don't know the exact timeline but we do need we do need people to help we do need people to begin gearing up for september um, to volunteer with our kids so we can open those programs when the building is ready so there's lots of things to be done over the coming months and uh, i know there's been so much support from our church family that that will continue and uh, let me let me close today by just reading the next verse in our text we kind of went on a little circle here matthew 21 we always read about Jesus coming into all the fanfare, but we forget about what happens next. This is the next verse. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple, and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. Okay, next verse. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. The temple was a place where people were to gather and connect with God, and it had been made into a business and i've said this through our stretch campaign and now as we're moving towards our facility um you know renovating and getting excited to move in this ministry is not about a building the building is a tool it's a place where people gather and connect with god we've been doing it in a gym we'll do it in our own facility um i just would never want it to be said that we went from a church that was mission focused people focused focused on god and his mission that turned to a facility so as i lead through this process as a pastor my hope and prayer is that as we take our next steps and again we we have goals and plans and strategies um but we want to have our expectations set in the right place it's god's church he's going to lead us through this process and in the end it will be a place where we continue to do what we've been doing for the last 10 years reaching people far from god and seeing them become devoted followers of jesus that's our goal that's our mission so i wanted to just pray today as a church as we kind of take this next step. It's a big moment for us. And I also want to encourage you, if you haven't signed up to come do a tour, I think it's a Tuesday night, a couple days, uh, you can do that. Um, I think most of the slots were full. We just added some more to, uh, this morning. From 8 to 9, there's some spots um, to come and walk the building and the property. So, Father, thank you for this church family. For those here in the room, for those watching online who have been supporting, giving, serving, to see the mission of this church move forward, to reach people. And God, I pray that, that our community of believers, wherever we meet, whatever we do, that we would be a people that point to you, that our worship and our ministry would be centered on you and who you are. And God, I thank you that you are doing things behind the scenes that we could never think or imagine or expect. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone in this place, anyone joining us online today who feels disappointment because things have not played out the way they expected. I pray today they'd be encouraged that you are at work, that they can never be separated from your love, that your peace is available, that that your presence is there no matter what goes on. And Lord, that our confidence and our faith would be in nothing else but you. And I pray this in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. I hope the message was helpful. I hope it's encouraging. Lots going on around Pathway. And I want to let you know that next weekend we have our Good Friday online only at 10 a.m. And uh, you can find us on YouTube. And also, uh, we're going to have two live in-person Sunday morning services for Easter. And uh, we will, of course, stream those services. So you'll be able to check that out from home as well. Well, Thanks for joining us. We'd love to connect with you. Uh, Find us on our webpage, on our YouTube page. And uh, we'd love to connect with you as we move forward. Have a great weekend.